And welcome back, everybody, to a podcast about New York sports. Big technical difficulty weekend in the media. Taylor Swift breaks Ticketmaster. Our audio for this past weekend's pod gets all messed up. I guess the only thing that would be worse would be having 25 or $26 billion in one day and then waking up with a fraction of that. But I digress. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm feeling much better. Thank you for asking. Oh, how you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's all. I took some steroids. I got you know got it back to normal size for now. So you, you tatis yourself, as some would say. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So again, apologies about no podcast this weekend. I think it's no surprise to anyone that we're not geniuses over here. Uh, that was also uh, <laughs> that was an option for the name of the podcast, but I think a podcast about New York sports was a little bit more direct. I'd say. Um, what I will say is, you know what. I'm I'm upset about the technical difficulties, and you know what I think I'm going to do right now, which I didn't plan. I think I have, I think I have a give me a minute. The floor is yours. When you shut up, give me a turn to speak. Fine, see, you do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about. Let me speak. How does that feel? Do not put your hands on me. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? No, I asked you a question. You know what? Shut up! So, we just did probably one of our best shows, right? We had one of our best segments ever. And then Riverside FM gives us technical difficulty garbage. And we don't get to upload it. I I actually, in the face of the sniff god, had the biggest sniff in the history of this podcast. And I took the Packers to beat Dallas. Guess what? The world's never even going to know because of Riverside FM. And if it happens again, we're going to migrate elsewhere and you're going to lose your best niche metro area sports show that you've ever had. Aren't we huge in like Russia too? It's big uh, worldwide pod. We're gigantic. We're gigantic. In yeah. Russia. So, hey, I, I'm with you. Uh, n- totally something that's out of our control. We couldn't plan for it, but we will definitely be taking our business elsewhere. Um <laughs> Nice. Good. That was it. You had you had your minute there. You got it all out. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's go to football because let's try and cover football for once. Uh, Giants beat the Texans 24-16 and improved to 7-2. and two. Find themselves now in second place in the NFC East by one game due to the Eagles losing on Monday night to the Commanders, who now the Eagles now 8-1, Giants 7-2. Imagine being a Giant fan this weekend and and not only seeing your team win, but seeing the Eagles lose to a team below you in your division. What a day. Yeah, I, really. I mean, I, now I, I feel like like they're obviously a playoff team at this point. Like it, it being seven and two and not getting in would be just it would take astronomical uh, odds to not get in. But now we're at a point where they are seven and two. And now the conversation starts to swirl about how far can they go? Would you consider the Giants a top seven team in the NFL? And they've earned they've earned that. They've earned that conversation. But now that they are here, I, I know that we just want to enjoy it. We want to say this is great. But like when we really talk about the Giants, how real is this? Well, it's as real as I think so. They're beating. They're beating good teams. Like um, you can't sit here and say that they're not beating. You know, even 
they I, I really haven't been um I want to see them win against like an elite team again. So so let me let me just put it this way. Next week or this this upcoming week they're playing the Lions, which is a sneaky tough game. It's they're not a walkover game. And no. then let me look at this. Thanksgiving Cowboys versus Giants on Thanksgiving. That's uh, that's going to be a game and a half, and that's going to be. Yeah. I think that's going to be the prove it game. If they lose to the Lions, I think we're going to say, "Oh, you know, the Lions are a decent team. Maybe they overlooked them." Blah blah blah. Seven and three, but go beat the Cowboys. That's yeah. going to be the game where. And again, I'll be still be impressed by the Giants' season, win or lose. The you know, if they lose the next two and they find themselves at seven and four, still an impressive season thus far by the Giants. Disappointing. Hundred disappointing. Yes. But if if they even if they if they can beat the Cowboys, that will be the that'll uh, that'll put my flag down personally for me to say these guys are a real deal problem in the NFC. I probably think so too. I probably, but it's just that like I don't know, man. It's like when you watch a Giant game and you watch the way that they win. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is elite. There's a lot of holes in that defense, and they still are getting. A, very minimal production from the quarterback position, to say the least. And I, I don't want to kill Daniel Jones. I like him. And and virtually I, I zero production just... from the wide receiver position. None. Yeah, and, and they don't have any. And I get that. I, I really like – they've done a phenomenal job. I don't want to take anything from the Giants. It's just like when you watch the way that they win games, it's not like the, the good teams in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I will say everyone does it different. Like we, I always bring up the Titans, how I just think they, I mean, the Titans and Chiefs are both good teams, but they just play a totally different brand of football. And so I don't think what I'm trying to say is I don't think there's really one answer that you need to like, I don't think you need a, a quarterback to throw for 300 yards a game to win. And clearly the Giants are proving that. But I think in the playoffs, there comes a time where the teams are getting so good that it almost neutralizes your advantages and you need to have like B and C options that can show up for those moments. And I don't think the Giants really have that. And but again, it's yeah. going to be a t- it, the test is the Cowboys are probably, if not the best defense in the league, and against the Giants, who uh, they have Barkley and they've been dominant in time possession and running the ball. But I mean, what happens when the Cowboys, who have the best defense, throw eight in the box? What then? What? Yeah. So, yep. but now let me paint this yeah. for you. And I know we have our we have our our thoughts on this guy uh, individually, but can you just see now? And I'm just going to put it into air because if it's right, I'll sound like a genius. Odell, the week before the Giants Cowboys game, so following this week, signs with either the Giants or the Cowboys and makes his dramatic flare back into the NFL for a Giants Cowboys on either side Thanksgiving matchup. A monster Thanksgiving matchup. Yeah, I, I would. I would love to see him go back. I think that would be really cool to to see him go back to the. Giants. I would love that. It's just like really, but it's just like how long is it going to take until he whines and then it become and then it becomes a problem and it's like that's kind of the last thing the Giants need. And it's it's crazy that we're even talking about him to the Giants now because you remember a few weeks ago it was kind of like no yeah that's a cool idea but like you know he's gonna want to go to a team that's gonna win but like this is a yeah. seven and two now this team. is a team that kind of wants to win and they yeah. and they very well can and I think that 
if you're Odell, and I mean, I haven't really seen any. Uh, have you seen any contract speculation on what Odell might get or anything like that? Because no, no. I c- but it can't be. Crazy. Would would you see him saying, kind of doing what he did with the Rams and saying, you know, sign me for the rest of the year. Don't care about the money. I'll, or maybe you know, maybe they'll give him a little more than like a veteran minimum. But maybe they just sign him for the rest of the year and just you know, hopefully they can bring that bond back together or re, re, re uh, yeah. I guess restructure it, I guess. And maybe then go into the off season with either a positive or a negative mindset on the future of Odell Beckham in New York. Could you see that? Yeah. I, I would imagine that that's kind of what he's going to sign for. So then why not I mean, Giants? I don't think he's getting a three year deal. No, I, I agree. And I think it could happen. Yeah, I, I really do. And if you remember earlier, I think it was like probably like week six or even five. There was like rumors about, uh, him hanging out with like the Giants, like front office and some players and stuff like that. Did you remember? Do you remember seeing that a few weeks back? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, look, I'm a big believer where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, so, I, I'm not a Giant fan, but if I if I'm a Giant fan, I think I put all everything in the past behind me with Odell for right now and say you're yeah. talented on the field. You fill our holes in our team and. Please come play with us again, because quite frankly, yeah. we can and, use you. And your star player, Saquon Barkley, is is kind of doing all that he can to try and recruit him. I think it, I think it would be a good marriage. Yeah, and, and I don't see why totally not. Totally from a business point of view, I mean, do you have a more exciting one too? Really, like with Barkley and Odell? If Odell is even three quarters of what he once was, that's that's yeah. one. Is an, there, that's an is, exciting one. Is there a giant wearing uh wearing number thirteen right now? Oh my god, I have no idea. I'm going to assume so. How many so. people do we know? How many people do we know that are just going to dust off those 13s? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just... I mean, we're in a group chat with four people. Or actually, I think five or six people. And I think half of the chat is Giant fans that will probably do that. So yeah. um, so anyway, l- looking ahead, listen, I know we're going to go around the league, but we like the Giants to beat Detroit, I think. Yeah, right? it's just a sneaky matchup because the Lions are the Lions are definitely bad and definitely tanking, but... But they're weird. They'll put up thirty points like it's like yeah, it's nothing. They, so. they have their in their core. Their core is good offensive weapons, which is always scary. You know, they have Jared Goff as their quarterback, and that's I feel like you're always limited with Jared Goff. But when you have weapons like Swift, like Jamal Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, you have a good offense regardless of who your quarterback is. So sneaky tough matchup there for the Giants. Yeah. Now, I wanted to talk about something. We didn't talk about this pre-show. Mm-hmm. Now, now, don't cut me. I know you're going to try and jump down my throat. Don't do it. Okay. I want to talk about the trade that you made yesterday in our <laughs> fantasy league. So you traded Cooper Cup, who, listen, might not play again this year. You traded him for – or no, you traded Co- – Co- yeah, Cooper Cup. Cup for Kadarius Tony For Kadarius Tony, Ex-Giant. Uh, giant legend, yes. And – some would say you got a lot of flack for it. Listen, I get it. You're in no position to hang on to Cooper Cup. Now, the conversation of whether you could have got the conversation of whether you could have gotten a little more elsewhere, that's fine. I, I don't even want to get into that. But it's just that you're such an insufferable human being <laughs> that it's the way that you talk about it afterwards that just drives it like, oh man, no one else in this league wants to take any risks. Look at the balls on Bobby for trading a, a bench piece for Cooper. Oh my God. You, you sometimes I know you're like the ruffle god, and I never know if you're serious or not. But sometimes, man, you make me you make me punch myself up. <laughs> well, apologies for any harm caused, but 
I will say I went around the league and I did my due diligence. The phones were ringing and, <laughs> and I did not like what was heard in the other end until I got to Mr. Bobby. And so what was the, what was the Camara deal that you, there was take? no Camara deal. First of all, the, the Camara deal is people, people will say these things that like are deals that are just like talked upon. Like, Hey, we trade Camara. Like I'm trying to deal Cooper cup and have a, 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 some other running backs. I can pair with that. If you were down to do that, that's not a deal. That's a talk, right? Bobby and I actually <laughs> both literally, as soon as the, the deal was accepted, we're, we're both to each other. I don't know how to feel about this. I could be an idiot or I, this could be a great trade for me. And to me, in my position, I needed, it makes so much more sense for me to be on the positive side of that than the negative side of that. That's my. That's yeah. how I'm going to Bob, sit. Bobby's a Bobby's a good guy to to talk trades with. Like he's a good manager in that. Like there's some people that like I won't bother. Bobby's good with that. Yes, like he, he's fair, normal. I, I will say know. there there was not much discussion behind the trade. To be quite honest, it was kind of one of those just wing it one for one deals. But I mean, what am I going to get for him? How do you value Cooper Cup? Who he, he might not. In my opinion, he's not going to play on for the Rams this year. Because they they're terrible. I, I I probably agree, but I I, I ha- was I sort of figured that there was a, a Camara deal in place. No, there there was there was never one. Take. So all right, well, sorry for any harm. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Anyway, uh, we could we could stick with football for a minute because the Bills just lost a, a, an insane game. And the last time we talked, the Bills hadn't lost yet. And we talked about well, if Josh Allen isn't right. You know, do the Jets have a chance to maybe steal the division? And now, like, you know, he looked okay, but they lost again. So now uh, the Jets are a half game out of first place. And uh, so what is it, Dolphins, Jets, Bills? Dolphins, Jets, Bills. um, And again, just like we said about the Giants, the Jets, I mean, the the Jets didn't play, but they woke up in a better place Monday than they did on Sunday. I think there's that's just the, you can win on a bye week, and the Jets did. The Jets got some help. Uh, and now they, with the Patriots this week, which if you recall me two weeks ago saying that this is the must win game, this, I don't care. Like the bills. Great. Wonderful. Love that they beat the bills. Packers. Great. Wonderful. So happy about that. This is the game you got to win. Like, cause you're owned by this team. And if you lose two to the Patriots and then you come back on at the end of the season and look back at the record where the Patriots are probably finished fourth in your division and you lost twice to the team that finished yeah. fourth in your division. I mean, that's it right there. That's, that's the problem. So this yeah. is a must win game. Yeah. Listen, like, I know we're going to take a deeper dive into this later in the week when we go around the league, but I like this really, like, I feel like we've said must win a few times with this team. This is like, you have to win this Yeah, game. and no, this is the the utmost importance for this game because next week, again, ju- almost like the reverse of the Giants where the Giants have the, the, the Lions and then divisional opponent. The Jets have a divisional opponent and then a t- pretty sneaky tough matchup in the Bears who seem to be America's darling of the past couple weeks. Um, yeah, and you're a big Bears guy. Yeah, a huge Bears guy. By the way, I'm very down to go to that game. I think that would be. Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm hundred percent in. That's um. Let's let's buy tickets. I don't. I really don't care where we sit. Really, just want to go for the tailgate and just to kind of be there. So, are you gonna have a you gonna have a Justin Fields jersey in time for that? Or we're working on it. We're definitely yeah. working on it. Is that a 
Is that a Sunday one o'clock? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, yeah it looks like it's it. the it's the Sunday yeah. after Thanksgiving, I think. Right? Yeah. Yep. I'm actually yeah. go to the Nick game that Friday, but um, yeah. I mean, we'll get to around the league. I think both both teams are definitely in uh, they're in better spots. They were in better spots Monday than they were Sunday, and I think that as long that needs to be the goal. I, I talk about simplifying the game in in every sport, but simplifying the game into just being in a better spot the next day is always a positive. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to hint on for the Jets? No, I just I'm excited to talk about that game. And I'm, like that is the game this year that I'm just going to be locked into. Like, I need you guys to win this game. I, I, I can't watch them lose to the Pats twice. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, And uh, they, again, just going to just going to ditto that they, they have to win. And I think that. You think they know that they have to? I don't think if if oh, we yeah. hear if we start hearing this week that oh you know just another game or and stuff like that or you know we're gonna prepare as we always do no 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 like I want this yeah. the fireworks were cool that showed that they they cared <laughs> blah 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 like I want to hear them care not not like I don't want to yeah. do all the theatrics of uh, fireworks and all that shit I want to hear the yeah. player I want to I want to see you know a guy like Sauce Gardner say no this is the Patriots like we got to step up here. And there's nothing yeah, wrong with because that. Like, because, like, when does it end? There has to be a day that you stand up to your older brother and you finally put them away. You ha- They have to win, man. Ugh. And we, we'll talk a lot more about that. But So, moving on to more must-wins, and I guess going to shift a little bit here. The New York Knicks get a huge win last night against a Jazz team that was absolutely surging. Uh, again, very much like the Bears, where in the NFL where the jazz were unexpected to really do anything this year and find themselves at the close to the top of the West, if not the top of the West Knicks get a good win last night. Uh, tonight they face the nuggets without Jokic, which you got to win and they can finally go into a West coast trip where going into the West coast trip, following some bad losses and seats definitely started to get hot. You went two in a row on your first two in the West coast and things start to cool down a bit. Yeah. You know what, man? I am, I'm good on Julius Randle. I'm good. I can't keep yeah. watching, turn the ball over. I can't keep watching. The shots don't fall. I, I just, I can't watch it anymore, man. I Like, listen, he, maybe he gives you the best chance to win right now. I'd rather just see more Obi Toppin. I'd ra- I, I just, I can't do it. Well, I think that's going to be something that's got to play out throughout the season because, I, to be honest, I think the Knicks are in the same spot as as you and I, I guess the middle of you and I, because to me, I, I, I think he's still decent. Like I, He's a good player, and yeah, he turns the ball over, and I don't think he should be handling the ball as much as he does, but I guess that's what he wants to do. I mean, when you get a guy like Jalen Brunson, you, he might need more time to learn how to play off the ball with Brunson. Uh, that might come as the season progresses. That's something to watch, but... I think the Knicks are in a spot where they it's almost like let's let's see what we got here and then we'll decide at the deadline where we are. Right? Like kinda like the Giants did, where they the Giants weren't giving up future assets because this is still they're they're overachieving, yeah, but we're not gonna get rid of future assets. And the Knicks are not overachieving. But if they start to play well and find themselves, you know, in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference it's going to be tough to see what this team does going forward. Yeah, well, listen, speaking of not wanting to to play young guys, not wanting to we're going to have to get into Tom Thibodeau. 
what like what do you think like do you are you at a point now where you're like it's got it it's got to come pretty soon probably so no and i thought that a lot of the talk this week about him being fired it was very or uh i guess or even i saw even someone said that he might step down or something like or i don't know but i thought all of that talk was very premature and a little bit like i don't want to say unfair but i just think how do you go into this season where you you sign Jalen Brunson, sure, but he everyone agreed that he's not a Donovan Mitchell. He's not uh, an A-plus player. So you, you sign him. A lot of the other things stay the same. You find yourself at 500, and you fire your coach? Like, I, I'm I'm missing it. Like, did were their expectations a lot higher? Did they think that they were going to be an elite team? I don't, I don't understand. Or did people think that they were going to be an elite team? Like they're 500. This is a, this is no, a but decent I, I start. I just think like, but his signature is defense and the Knicks don't play good defense. And I know they brought in Brunson. They, they, you know, they, they don't have a defensive team, I guess. But I mean, to give up 145 points to Oklahoma city, how is that a Tom Thibodeau team? Well, the, the, the Thunder have been playing better of late and I'm not making an excuse, but they're not as much of like. Uh, like a slouch team, as you you might think, but well, yeah, Gildas Alexander's a well, beast. But watching that, and, and I'll tell you this: I would love to get my hands on Shea Gildas Alexander if I'm a Nick fan, and they yeah. could be very, very close to dealing him, and that would that would be a needle mover for me. That's where I would say now my expectations are high because. Let's just say, let's say you have to trade Obi or you have to trade uh, quickly or even let, let's just say Grimes, to be honest, because we it'll probably be an influx of guards at that point. If you're running out a lineup yeah. of of Shea Gildas Alexander, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, my expectations are high. You can compete with, I think, any team any night with that lineup. So, and I think it's, look, if you got to give up your future for, I think Shea Gildas Alexander is like 23 or 24 years old still. Like he's pretty, he's a kid, right? He might be, you might be getting paid a lot, but to me, he makes so much sense. And if I see him go to some like random team with some offer that we're all sitting here, like, wow, I thought he would go for more than that. I'm going to be furious because sure you miss out on Donovan Mitchell because you don't want to part with RJ Barrett. That's fine. I don't yeah. think it's going to take that to get Shea Gilders Alexander. No, I don't so, think so. And I, but I think the upside is uh, is Don, like a Donovan Mitchell type player in Shea Gilders Alexander. So, just something to watch for Nick fans. Uh, something to keep a close eye on because even going into last season or ending last season, there were definitely talks of him being moved. Uh, so let's watch that for the trade deadline again. I think it's going to be a wait and see. Uh, season for the Knicks, but one wait and see season. It's definitely not the Nets find themselves opening the season in as title contenders and now finding themselves in kind of like limbo, right? They win six in a row uh, amidst all the drama that went on. We don't need to go over that again. And then they lose two in a row in drop two absolute stinkers against the Lakers and then the Kings. So what is this net team? Yeah, and I, I guess we won't know for a while, but it does seem like, you know, uh, all the Kyrie stuff that we talked about, it, it kind of seems like maybe it's softening up a little bit. Like maybe he'll be able to get back on the court somewhat soon. And 
Uh, even Kevin Durant saying, you know, I, I hope we just put this all behind us and, and get him back on the floor. Um, we'll see what they are. They weren't playing very well with Kyrie Irving. Um, some would even I, I say know. they're I, better I just, without him. They're, and yeah, yeah, that's some being, but meaning like they're better without him. Obviously, Kyrie is a stud, right? He's one of the, the best ball handler, one of the best point guards ever, right? Yeah. But Kevin Durant facilitating that offense kind of just looks better to the eye. And I, yeah, I, this is exactly what I said on the last. Yeah, and, well, you're you're right, and I think that the more they they go up and down, and they they win six in a row, and then they lose two. Like, would they would they have won one either of these two games, these last two games with Kyrie? Maybe, Who knows? Uh, maybe not last night where they give up 150 to the Kings, which yeah. is just absolute. That that's just inexcusable. They 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 might not have slept well the night before, but look, there's no excuse for that. That's just embarrassing. No. But this is something that we're going to have to watch where sure you can call for KD to facilitate the offense and dominate the biggest time possession for the nets. But how much is that going to weigh on him without Kyrie? Yeah. I mean, that, that, uh, that Laker game was fun. A couple yeah. Of I, ago. I thought so too, which is just, so one thing, one gripe I have, and I'll, this will be foreshadowing a, can I get a minute, but college sports are just so I'll be nice and say different. But, like, I feel like any given night in the NBA, you can get a gem. And you can really get, like, an all-timer, right? I mean, even, like, Luka last night. You probably, People probably didn't even see what Luka did last night. Ridiculous. 24 seconds left, tie game, and there's a loose ball that finds the way into Luka's hands. And I think he took the quickest shot of all time and absolutely drained it. Nothing but net, and the Mavs come out with a win. I was talking to my buddies before that game. I said, you know what? I just, I have a feeling Luke is just going to drain one with a few seconds left on the clock. Nice. You should start a podcast and record all these, like, really, like, hot, not hot takes, but really that. bold predictions. It would be a good idea. I was, I was, I was LeBron meme. Nice, yeah. Got yeah. it. So, <laughs> that, that meme, that, I don't know which better, that one or the, did you see the new one from, like, the Call of Duty with the guy looking over his right shoulder? I'll send it to you if you didn't. It's very funny. No, but the Call the, I, I I can't say what it was on this podcast, but I, I laughed for a good four and a half minutes at the the Call of Duty TikTok that you sent oh. me yesterday. They <laughs> yeah, were that one was good. Um, anything else to say about the Knicks or the Nets? Or I guess anything basketball? LeBron's hurt. No. N- Knicks, uh, uh, Nets in action tomorrow night against Portland. Um, a good Portland team. So I think Lillard we'll is – I think he's still hurt, I believe. Uh, he, I think he's been out the past couple of games. I'm not sure, but uh, definitely a tough matchup there. Both teams on the West Coast, so make sure to stay up late. And who? another person staying up late, here's another good transition. Brian Cashman gets it done with Rizzo. Two years, $20 million with a $6 million 2025 option. A great first step for the Yankees offseason. Uh, whether you think he's linked to Judge because they're BFFs, for lack of a better term, um, I, I'm I find myself part of that team where I think that it definitely bodes well for the Judge Yankees reunion. Probably, but like I, I don't know the fact that Rizzo signed this early and Judge probably hasn't even heard offers really yet. I I don't know. I feel like uh, not that I throw that out the window. The, the Judge and Rizzo uh, link, but, like, there's no way that 
like Rizzo knows something that we don't, or Judge is just going to completely uh, change course because Rizzo signed. I, I don't know that I that I sign off to that now. I kind of thought that it would be more like when Rizzo knew the Judge was coming back, he would say, "Okay, I'll sign." Well, I mean, I get what you're saying, but but even if let's say even that's all true, right? And it's not it's not as I guess as linked as we think, right? I'll even propose this side of it: no shift. Rizzo is going to be a monster this year. Yeah, I agree. He probably benefits more than any player I could think so, of. One, two. If the Yankees truly want to go young in the infield and have a shortstop making as a rookie next year or with a few games under their belt, what better first baseman to have than Anthony Rizzo? Two. Yeah. So that's two. That's two check marks there. And the third is again up for debate, but I seem to think that he's very linked to Aaron Judge. Uh, and or maybe not even linked might not be the right word, but uh, he could be a factor to judge signing there. Right. Because if if he go right. if he leaves, that's just one less guy, you know, one of judges yeah. guys that's not there. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it's more so like the Yankees being able to say, Aaron, your boy's here. <laughs> yeah, he's here as opposed to like Judge and Rizzo being like, hey, where are we going to go, man? Yeah, and, and look, Rizzo's so. one of those guys that. He would have been great on the Mets. Yes, he would have been great on the Astros. Yes, he would have been great literally on any team because veteran first basemen that know the game, play well, and can hit you thirty plus home runs will. You can you can play this podcast in a hundred years. I bet you they'll still be valuable. So yeah. love that for the Yankees. Um, other side of town, another Yankee legend becomes a Met. I think they're just trying to make the bullpen full of Yankee retreads at this point. Steven Ridings goes to the Yan- goes to the Mets from the Yankee system. Uh, I believe was it a rule five something or did they just claim him? I didn't even see how that transaction processed. I don't know, but t- tell me about him. I don't. I don't really. Pretty know. much, he kind of was like a uh, Shelly Duncan, a Jace kind of <laughs> two years ago, uh, where he but in a pitching form where he I think he threw like one oh two like once, kind of got hurt and he was like a big like two week bubble guy and. Everyone was high on him, got hurt. I don't think he pitched like once in the majors this season, but definitely has an arm. I'll tell you that. Uh, he like he's going to be a flamethrower pending, I guess, post whatever uh, procedure he may have had done. I haven't really see- followed up with his health, but he's just a guy that think of all the guys the Yankees have like their bullpen mold. He's like another one of those guys. Hard thrower stuff just moves like crazy. Uh, and he's going to be a one to two inning guy, maybe for the Mets, but he could be good. I, I think it's a good thing yeah. for the Mets. The way that the Yankees find bullpen arms, I, I sign off to to just taking as many of them yeah. as you can. I mean, his his crew is Adovino, Joely Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they yeah. the whole crew's over there. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. again, for the Mets, uh, so far nothing really. Of note, I mean, again, I think for the Mets, the first really big domino to fall will be Nimmo. Other than, I mean, obviously Diaz, but uh, that's kind of in the past now. But what's the next thing to fall? What Nimmo does? Degrom probably. Degrom yeah. might take a little longer. I feel like. Yeah. So yeah, probably. Uh, I do want to take a minute to uh, shout out a guy that we both love for winning National League Manager of the Year in Buck Showalter. Um, you know, well-deserved, I guess. I mean, I, I don't want to turn a blind eye to what happened down the uh, stretch of the season there, but I, I love Buck. Um, 
I do love Buck, right? But I do think that sometimes he he comes off as like too smart for himself. Does that make sense? Like I think like some of the stuff he did in the in the postseason this year was just like yeah, like I get he's his whole thing, his whole mantra is like. Uh, you know, I've been around the league, and I'm bringing back, or I'm bringing back like that old school manager. But sometimes I feel like it gets eh. too much. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with that with the, checking that picture, but that's in the past. Um, so yeah, manager of the no, year, be, definitely, um, definitely deserving. I'm not going to sit here and like diminish Buck Showalter whatsoever. Definitely deserving of it. Uh, I mean, just look what the Mets did this entire year, pretty much until the very, very end. But um. Definitely deserving, and uh, I think Aaron Boone on the other side even got like a couple second place votes for Manager of the Year in the AL, something like that. I didn't really see the official Wait, voting, did, but who who won? It was uh, was it? That's a good question. I honestly didn't even. I the only tweet I saw about it was that Boone got votes for uh, what you call it for like second place or something like that. Um, let me, I'll punch that up now, as we like to say. <laughs> so it was a uh, it was Terry Francona okay. of Cleveland, also well deserved. Yeah. I mean, they... and isn't it funny that baseball is so in the future, right? With all these analytics, and you get Terry Francona and Buck Showalter winning Manager of the Year. Yeah, what does that, that what does that, that say about the league? That isn't. I hadn't thought about that. That is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, definitely an interesting place. But I think I think honestly, and this is a podcast for another day or a conversation for another day. But I I'm starting to think that. Having this rift of like the idea of old baseball versus new baseball is actually good for the game. So sure, I, I mean, I just but, think but, it's always good to have. Again, for another day, we'll get into it at another time. Yeah, but that's why the Bucks and the Franconers are so great because they are old age baseball, but they don't they don't push off the analytics. They use it, but they don't use it. They they don't consider it like a a mu- it's, I, it's I not a must. It's a it's a suggestion more so than it is a yes. law. It's to them. They appreciate the information, but it's not. Yes, it's not a law. For but them, like, like what I will, what I will say is what I will say is like sure. Like if you if you showed if I if you came to me and said, hey, like I got something that can help you if you just want to look at it, I would be stupid to say no. Like yeah. it's almost like a to me that saying that is while it's not false. It's kind of like a blank statement to me. Like, yeah, if you have something that can help you, it would be it's fireable to not use it. So yeah. that's how I feel about it. But again, for another day, I think now what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to put in the the free agent episode that we recorded the yeah, other day. Um, so so listen, I'm I'm really excited about the episode that we're probably going to do Friday and put out because like this Jets game is so big. Um so that's exciting. Um, so that's going to be a big episode. Last Friday, we had our, our, our friend, and we have an intro that I'll plug in, but uh, just free agency predictions. And because it's really starting to heat up now. So Maddie uh, Nostradamus, some would say. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to plug that in here. Um, it was, it was fun. It was interesting. I hope everyone enjoys it. So, and, and yeah. we recorded that prior to Rizzo signing, just going to get that out there because I believe there is a yeah. part where uh, we go into, get into Rizzo signing and future signing. And you know what? He probably hit Rizzo right on the head. Now that I, I think, I think like, he said like two for, was. cause I think the qualifying offer was like 19. And uh-huh. I think he said two for like 34, which gave it 17 a year. And it ended up being two for uh 20 a year or something like nice. that. So 
pretty much spot on with that's one for one so far, but we'll add that into the end here. Um, yeah, enjoy it. It was fun to do. Yep. And, uh, I, I hope we get him on on Friday for a, uh, a redemption, uh, fraud or applaud since we did a great one and it just got wiped. So we're going to have to, uh, we're gonna have to negotiate with his people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll call it. And moving over to baseball now, and with a special guest, someone that we like to call Nostradamus, uh, for as far as MLB free agency is concerned. Because our friend, Matt, correctly predicted Max Scherzer within $1 million and the correct team last year, as well as guys like Starling Marte, correct team and money, Castellano, Schwarber, Robbie Ray. The guy knows his stuff. Would you agree? You guys will find out soon. Another Matt to the podcast, Matt DeSanto. What's going on? What's going on? (laughs) So we we're taking your sage advice and we are being that free agency opened about two days ago or so we're, we're going to do our way too early free agency predictions on the pod with our free agency Nostradamus. Yeah. So we're just going to try and throw all the big ticket free agents at him and um, you know, see what he comes up with and then we'll see how they go. So. And we'll go back and forth, too, because I, I definitely have some of my thoughts on where guys might go or a hunch here or there. So let's start and at the top. Before we start, before we start. Before we start. I think that this free agency is 100% dependent on where Aaron Judge signs. And with that, go ahead. And with that, we start with Mr. Aaron Judge because I, too, agree. And I think I speak for McFeely and I guess the baseball world as a whole that – he is the first uh, drop to fall. And he's the first drop in the bucket here. So, Matt, where do you predict Aaron Judge will be playing baseball in 2023? Okay, I have Aaron Judge staying with the Yankees for eight years, $331 million. The 331 beats out Bryce Harper's 330 by $1 million. I think that's important for these guys for whatever reason. Although, I would like to say that Judge was to not sign with the Yankees this offseason, this entire list is going to be wrong because everything changes. So, so what does that bring him? Uh, what, is the, what was the second one on your list there when, in talking about Judge? So where, where were you? I guess so you say Yankees, but where was, what was the closest in your eyes to, to that prediction? As far as in the next team? Yeah. A lot of people like the Giants. I have the Dodgers before the Giants, though. So you think he just wants to – you think winning is the utmost important to judge? No, I think the, I think the Yankees will, will give him the average annual. That comes out to like 41.5 per year. I think that will beat any average annual. It's just a matter of whether a team like the Dodgers or the Giants want to up it to nine, even ten years. But I think in the end – Kind of like with Cole. Well, with Cole, the Yankees gave him the extra year. But in this situation, I think the Yankees are going to go big, average annual, give him the eight years. It'll take him till he's 38. 
if a team like the Giants is offering nine for, say, three, almost the same number, 340, I think Judge stays with the Yankees. And then so what does that mean for – because, again, New York sports podcast. What do you think that means for the Yankees as a whole? And we don't have to do this for every team, but for the Yankees, what do you think just signing Judge means? Because I know in the past, and something that a lot of Yankee fans have spoken about is – the Yankees will like re-sign guys or bring guys back and they'll or get guys back from the IL and they'll see that as an acquisition. Like they're going to say they acquired Judge. Do you I do you, would you agree? I know you're a big Yankee fan, but would you can see can you see them saying that? I could see them saying that, but I wouldn't agree with it. Okay, that yeah, sure. And so it's it's likely that they'll say that, but what do you think do you think that this could be the offseason where they don't see that as their only acquisition and maybe they go out and get another guy on the list like a Carlos Correa or a Dansby Swanson or someone like that? As far as what we're all hearing on social media from sources, the, the Yankees are not, once again, going into the shortstop market. There's there's what? There's four top-tier shortstops available. And I do not think the Yankees are going to pay Aaron Judge 300-plus million and then give a guy like Turner, Correa, Swanson, Bogarts, any of those guys, 200 to 300 million. I think they're so going to stick with the kids. And roll out from there. So then getting into those shortstops, Trey Turner comes first on the list. And Matt, being a Met fan, I know Matt McFeely. This is going to be tough. McFeely, Just being that you're a Met fan. I'll call you <laughs> Nostradamus. Being that you're a Met fan and you see a lot more Dodgers baseball than us Yankee fans see, Trey Turner, what's your thoughts on Trey Turner and where he should play in 2023? If I'm being honest with you, I, I'm I'm looking at show notes here. I'm I'm trying to manage the show. I didn't know I was going to be a part of this. I have no, j- just honestly don't really even include me here. Show gets in the way, Matt. Yeah, no, it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Matt Trey Turner, uh, probably the best shortstop, arguably most versatile player here. I'd I guess you can argue. I, yeah, I guess you can. You could argue Correa, but the fact that he's so versatile probably makes him the second most intriguing piece on this list. Where does Trey Turner play next year? I have Trey Turner going to the Phillies, seven for two fifty. I like that. And so now, as far as shortstops are concerned, who do you think is is Trey Turner the first one to fall there? I don't. As far as signing, I'm not yeah. sure Trey Turner is the first one to fall. As far as skill level, I think is the best shortstop available. Trey Turner. Okay, so. So now to the second shortstop here, Carlos Correa, who I think we can all agree last offseason signed a very questionable deal to go play for the Minnesota Twins that I think a lot of people knew he wasn't going to be a lifelong twin there. Yeah, you'll Uh, love this one then. So is he going to go back to the Twins? He's staying with the Twins. I have him going back to the Twins 8 for 270. But then why wouldn't they just give him that money last offseason? Because nobody was going to give him that money off last offseason. They wanted – he went into the free agent market wanting – what was it? He wanted Harper money with Boris. I think they wanted 330 for 10 years. Nobody was going to give it to him. Great player, but questionable to give a shortstop that kind of money. I think the Twins like him. I think on both sides, they this could all be be charades here, but both sides have said that they want a reunion which often means nothing, but I think the Twins go ahead, spend the money. Uh, I'm, I'm back in, by the way. I'm all prepped. I'm good. I can uh, I can join the conversation here, so let's get to it. Oh, welcome back. Okay. The show started. Thank uh, you. <laughs> so, so, all right, so you want to hop into 
let's go Carlos Correa. Matt McFeely, where do you think Correa ends up playing next season? Do you, Matt well, Nostradamus I, I, has him going back to the Twins. Well, I, I'm going to have a little bit of fun here, and I'm going to I'm going to put him on the Yankees. I'm going to say Judge goes to San Francisco, and uh, the Yankees have to open the wallet elsewhere. So that's what I was saying earlier. Where if Judge is a Giant or a Dodger or not a Yankee, this whole list changes. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think we all actually like him back to the Yankees, but I'm trying to get spicy picks. I'm the entertainment guy here, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> and we, I, I mean. Correa, I don't. Th- I just don't think. I constantly think of Correa as like, how do you go from like the? I get the money thing, but how do you go from the Astros, where you're like the guy there and you're you're constantly winning, to then go- selling out for the Twins and like it'd be one thing to sell out for the Rangers or like even the Marlins, where there it's like a, somewhat of a nice place, but to go sell out and play in Minnesota, like I think that yeah, and then they start uh, making the postseason, and it's uh, 17 degrees outside, first pitch. Imagine. I think- I think the market's there, but they're not a small market team. They they could spend money, and they've been good in the past, despite the, the Yankees being their daddy in the playoffs for the most part. They've had really good teams. But don't you think – so now, I guess this is a question I have for all the shortstops, but does the fact that there are four very high-quality shortstops on the market make it worse or better for these guys? It didn't impact it as much as we would have thought last year. I'll leave it at that. Correa got his – or well, Correa got his money, average annual. Um, who am I th- a Seager in Texas got paid big time. Simeon, I guess, yeah, if Simeon you want to consider too. him a shortstop. Story got good money from the Red Sox. So then let's, so then let's go down to another NL player here, Dansby Swanson, who – is a free agent this offseason, and he just is coming off a, a amazing year with the Braves. And me personally, I can't see him leaving the Braves. Uh, Nostradamus, what say you? I would agree. I have him going back to the Braves, 7 for 170. Yeah, and I also have him back in Atlanta. I think that Atlanta has all these guys on crazy deals. Ozzy, uh, Acuna, even Austin Riley now, the, the, the young pitcher and the young outfielder, the two rookies, they – these guys are all signed up at very cheap money. They got to spend somewhere. Well, all right, so now this is this is where I would I'll butt in because I again, I agree that they I think he's going to go back to the Braves. However, could you see the Braves spinning this in a way where they're like, all right, Dansby Swanson is not the best shortstop on this market. He's probably not even the second best shortstop on this market. If we're going to spend money, why not just go get Trey Turner? It's like, sorry, we get it, Dansby, but like Trey Turner and Carlos Correa are clearly better. If we're going to spend your money, why don't we just get someone better? Well, I would say if we're looking at my predictions here, I have Dansby 7 for 170. I have Turner 7 for 250. Correa 8 for 270. So there's a tier. There's a big tier in between those two. So Dansby's the B, the B tier, you'd say, of this class. Dansby's a super good shortstop, but as far as class goes, he's the B tier, and he's gonna. I think he'll end up getting more like Trevor Story money, maybe the extra year. What, I think Story got six for 140. I got Dansby seven for 170. And this obviously, and again, we're just going to keep throwing it out there because this is all, will all, and could all change based on what Aaron Judge does. And I also, yeah. too, think, like, if, let's say, Trey Turner signs with the Braves tomorrow, obviously that's going to change a lot. That's too, yeah. So, like, it's all of this is obviously subject to change. And I think you could say more this year. Now, uh, we haven't even gotten to any pitchers, but – uh, we'll get to Degrom in a little bit, but Degrom, 
he's going to shift the pitching market too because a team that gets DeGrom is immediately out on Rodon, immediately out on a guy like Verlander. So it's very, uh, again, way too early predictions. But the last shortstop on this list that uh, us Yankee fans have been very familiar with, Xander Bogarts. Matt McFeely, what are your thoughts on Xander Bogarts? Because I know the the Mets just kind of were in a situation where they just got a shortstop not too a couple years ago. And then he became he's become an amazing piece of uh, what looks to be a contending team. Do you think Bogarts is at that level of a Lindor even? Uh, yeah, pro- probably. I mean, I, I would say that, you know, when you look at this market, he's better than, you know, Dansby Swanson. So listen, even if he's not Lindor, I don't know. But but we always talked about maybe him being a great fit with the Yankees. So, uh, you know, that would be my... Uh, but yeah. now, isn't Dansby Swanson a much better defender than Xander yeah. Bogarts? Well, sure, but if Bogarts is going to swing me a three ten bat, I think you just yeah. No, I'm not taking anything away from Xander Bogarts, and I'm going to be the first one to not. I don't want to say the first one to say it because I'm sure someone's predicted it, but I think I like Xander Bogarts in the Yankee uniform. Like, I think the Yankees can sign Judge, and if they can move off Donaldson and move off Hicks. Without they, the Yankees, if even the signing Judge to even if we go with Matt's prediction, I think there's still some wiggle room there. If they don't, they can go cheap in the bullpen. They can go cheap with the kids around the infield and people they already signed. And I think that they could be in play for like one of these B level shortstops, like a Dansby or a Xander. Maybe not like a Correa or a Turner, but I, in a bold way, I think I like Xander Bogarts to be the shortstop for the Yankees next year. I would agree with everything you're saying, except the fact that the Yankees didn't even dip their toe in the shortstop market last year. And it's not like they saw anything worse from the two guys, Volpe and uh, Peraza. I I just don't think they're going to waste their time. I think they're committed. It's bold. And and you're probably right. You know, if I had to bet on it, I I probably wouldn't bet. I bet that there's a Yankee in Yankee pinstripes that will be playing shortstop for the Yankees next year. But, um, for for Bogarts, look, I would love to see them go get a guy because a lot of Yankee fans will say, "What's the biggest question in, in uh, all year?" Pretty much was, or especially down the stretch, was your shortstop defense. And I know we just said Xander's not a great defender, but he can hold his own. Or even maybe the Yankees value defense so much that they would spend for a guy like Dansby and then use their guys as trade chips. I love Xander. I I really do. And it, me too. He's one of he's one of those guys and. As a Yankee fan, it's like it's tough to, to really like Red Sox, and now it's tough to like Astros. But I really hope he doesn't end up back with the Red Sox. And I have him going to the Giants after missing on Judge for seven years, $200 million. Okay, so let, let's just go over the recap so far. You have Judge in to the Yankees, Trey yes. Turner to the Phillies, Correa to the Twins, Dansby. Braves, Back to the Braves and, and Xander. Xander to the Giants. Yeah. So now, as much as we both say we love Xander Bogarts, McFeely, at a time, true or false, you loved Jacob Degrom. Uh, that would be true, but I'm not sure that I love him enough to give him another Scherzer type deal. Listen, I'm over pretending that the injuries aren't a thing. He misses a lot of time. He's not a spring chicken. And I, I just, I don't know that he, I, I like him to Texas, just reading the tea leaves, uh, probably something around $40 million annually. But honestly, I, I'd be okay with him walking because I think the Mets can can do something to replace a talent like that at this point. And so 
I, I would say some team probably gives him a fourth year. Uh, I think I like Texas. I like Texas a lot. I, I, that's not my prediction, but I think if anybody's going to give him that fourth year, it might be Texas. I had yeah. him go into the Braves three for 134, beating out Max by that one million. So now, so uh, Nostradamus, you say the Braves, right? So I now do. you have the Braves – uh, just looking at the Braves offseason, you have them retaining Dansby and getting DeGrom. Yes. Probably not much more wiggle room for the Braves outside of that. No, and I don't think they – I don't – I'm not 100% sure as far as their bullpen goes, but I know their starters are all young. Kyle Wright. Uh, who Spencer Strider. Uh, Max Fried, Strider. And then you add DeGrom to that. That's, you don't, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, that's, that's, a, real, that's a great that's, rotation. You get a healthy DeGrom. Well, no, you get healthy to ground for six starts. You know, that's like Met fans the past three years. It's, oh, well, if the Grom's healthy, then yeah. they can pass that off to the Braves. And I think McFeely would be fine with that. But, I think the but, Mets would also be fine. But one thing I yep. can say about that situation is, and again, obviously, DeGrom, I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't have, uh, I guess, like health concern or injury risk more so than other players. But how much do you think that might change, uh, I guess, his perspective pitching if he knows that? Hey, even when like my t- even when I get hurt, like my team's still a- an amazing team, like my especially my pitching staff. Like whereas in the past, yeah, he had Scherzer this year, uh, and but even Scherzer didn't really pick him up that much. But in the past, Degrom when Degrom gets hurt, the Mets pitching goes from like an A to like a D. But now if he goes to the Braves with this amazing pitching rotation, how much do you think his mindset changes if he can realize it's well, not I all on him? I wouldn't say that the Mets pitching has been at a D for like a decade now. They, I feel like they always have a top five rotation. It's kind of like the uh, you know. It's the only thing they got going on for them. Like, I mean, I mean, <laughs> more so, more so the more recent, like bef- like right before they got Scherzer, I would say, because I felt like at the end of that, right, they needed starting pitching because they realized they can't put it all on the Grom. I thought that was a big reason why they got Scherzer. I, think I guess they, so. I think they got Scherzer because they were gung ho about the the dream of having those two pitching in postseason yeah. series. Which who knows what would have happened if they would have beat the Padres? Who knows what would have happened? Because, and yeah, it's how much would you say? So now that we're talking about this past postseason a little bit, how much would you say? Like, let's just say the Phillies won the World Series, right, and they beat the Astros. How much would that have changed any of your predictions? Like, do you think the landscape of the league changes at all? If like. Yeah, if the Phillies 100%, win, a hundred percent. I don't think how, the Phillies. How so? I don't think the Phillies spend for a Turner. Where I think the I think the Phillies are big in this shortstop market. They got that that kid Scott playing shortstop. Bryson, who, yeah, yeah. Who who was a top prospect type? But like, it's like the same thing with the Yankees. It's like when do you when do you realize you have the superstar in front of you? Yeah, or you have give a up window. on. Yeah, or yeah, the window. But I, I think it definitely changes because once you get that World Series, it's like uh, they, they're still going to want to improve, but you don't have to improve paying the shortstop $250 million. And you hinted at the Yankees, and I'll go out and I'm going to introduce this guy because I am very certain that, again, like I said, if they sign Judge and maneuver a little bit around, I think they still have some money to make some other moves. And if you can add another elite pitcher to this rotation, like a Carlos Rodon, um, sign me up. I'm, I want that. I, I think, honestly, like I said, I said Xander, and that was a little bit more of a bold prediction. I think there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall for that to happen. But I, I think there's a, there's a very viable and open window for the Yankees to sign Rodon. I don't know where you guys have him going. 
Rodon is a Met. Interesting. You'll, you'll love this one, then. I got Rendon going to the Phillies, four for 115. Wow, so they're going crazy. Yes, go all in. Oh. No, I, I really love Rodon to the Met. I think that the, the minute that they actually lose out on DeGrom, I think that that's the next avenue. I think it's a beautiful fit, and I'm I'm here for it. So It would it would be definitely uh, – I mean, obviously, DeGrom is uh, a, probably a level or two ahead of Rodon, but – uh, Rodon is definitely still an elite pitcher, and to have him, you know, slot in for Degrom is kind of not bad, not bad at no. all. I think I think you're still going into next season as a, with a positive mindset, even if you lose Degrom and get Rodon. Going back to what you were saying about Rodon to the Yankees, as a Yankee fan, I would love it, but I have been brainwashed to think how they think. <laughs> they see that they have Cole, they see they have Nestor, they see they have Sevy. They see they have uh, who am I missing? Uh, Domingo Schmidt. They're just going to piece together those those last two pieces of the rotation. They're so fine then, with those three. So then you you also would say that the Yankees you wouldn't consider the Yankees a suitor for Verlander. No, and what's interesting about Verlander is that, and I've seen I I thought about this and when I was when I was trying to figure all these where everybody was going, I got Verlander going to the Mets. Two for seventy. Wow, Verlander and, and I Scherzer. love it. And I love it. Uh, no, I, I, I really, I don't need another Scherzer. I don't need a guy that's going to burn out. I don't need another guy that we say, man, like, oh man, the Mets got him right after he fell off the cliff. I just, I, I don't, I don't want to do that again. Everybody, everybody keeps saying, when are these guys going to burn out? And they, they really haven't either of them. Well, I would argue that Scherzer kind of has down the stretch the last two. I, e- so two then, years if you have so. Verlander going to the Mets, right? Where does? What about like Bassett? I have Bassett also coming back to the Mets. What the I, I, I agree with that. So, so, with that. so that's where they're going to spend their money. They're not going to spend their money on Judge. They're not going to spend their money on, you know, some random free agent or like a Wilson well, Contreras. Well, they're, they're not going to be a part of the catcher market because I think they like Alvarez. They're obviously not going to be a part of the shortstop market. So, yeah, I think they head into this and they just bolster the, the pitching again, especially right after they lose, uh, they lose Jake. I, okay. I, and I, I, I have them keeping Nimmo as well. Oh. Which I I think is their number one priority over Degrom. I, I mean, I I think Nimmo's asking for too to... much money. Nimmo? Yeah, I I just like he's a good player, but I think he's gonna ask for like like he's he's gonna ask for like unreal outfielder money. I think I, have, I don't think he's he's worth that. He's a bit older too. I have him getting five for one ten. It's compare. He's comparable that. to how uh, Dexter Fowler, who fizzled out big time, but he got paid. I forgot who paid him, but he he got. They were very similar players. He got about the same. I think he got four for or a five for ninety or something like that. And obviously the 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 market's gone up since then. Yeah, I mean, I just think that what's going to happen is Judge is going to sign for obviously an ungodly amount of money. And even if like even if Nimmo can market himself as saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'll take like you know ten, twelve million less than that." Or like fifteen million have, less than that. Nah. I still don't think that's worth it. But I think that's what's going to happen because that's what they do. They compare themselves to each other. It, well, he doesn't want to conforto himself here. But he, but I, you're right, and that, that's that's a pretty good comp because we see we've seen how that goes. Um, I get where does does conforto play next year? Well, I'm I'm hearing uh, rumblings about a Met reunion. Uh, God forbid. But um, yeah, I, I have a Nimmo to Seattle about the you know, s- same money, same years as uh, as the Seattle. I have. I, I like Nimmo in Seattle as well. I think Se- he's uh, he's a good piece there. 
something Seattle is not on any of the players we're going to discuss on as far as my predictions go, but they were two in a lot of them. I think they could yeah. be in the shortstop market, the the pitching market, Rondon. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just looking at the list now. They they have. I mean, could Trey Turner go there? Why not? I, so, imagine yeah. Trey Turner in Seattle. He seems like a great guy. That would be would fit right into that Seattle ball club. I don't know. It it great does guy. make me. It makes me a little mad that I I don't have the Mariners on this list more because they made the postseason for the first time in 20 years last year. They're good. They have a good young team. They they traded for Castillo. They have Robbie Ray, Julio Rodriguez. They you add another big bat in that lineup and maybe a pitcher. Oh, there. So so very interesting that you say that because you, what'd you just say? They add a big bat and a pitcher. Yep. Why don't they just go trade for Otani? I I don't think the Angels are going to trade Otani. I I I for a long time or I wait it out a year for Otani. I guess you could, but do you really want to wait a year when you have this good young team, players making no money like Rodriguez? Do you want to waste a year of that? I think you just go. You just you, you take what's in front of you. Or well, honestly, what if what about so let's talk about Correa's deal that he had previously signed with the Twins because I feel like that's a it's an interesting like situation for a team like the Mariners where. I feel like the Mariners would definitely be down to do that, like something like that this year, because they're in a good spot. But maybe if they see Otani as like their, their, you know, they're going to spend all their money on him. Do they give someone like a, a two-year deal with an opt-out after this year or something like that? Maybe I, I like, really wanted to that? like, I really wanted to like throw the Dodgers because I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago when reportedly the Dodgers offered yeah. Harper, I think it was like four for two hundred or something like that. It was crazy average average annual on a super short deal, and I wanted to do that with the Dodgers with one of these shortstops so bad, like a Correa, like 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 a repeat of what is, what he got last year. Correa there but would be crazy. I, I don't rule that out either. I think that that's a good fit, especially if they lose if they don't get Turner back. There's Bogarts, Dodgers. Why not Swanson? Mookie will have some pull with Xander there. Yes, he will. I think um, they're they're both big bowlers. I heard. No way. <laughs> isn't Mookie, I know Mookie is. I thought, isn't he like a god at golf too, Mookie Betts? No, Mookie's like a you know that guy. Who do you think you are? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And if you if you pause the video at the right time, Mookie's in the background. Wait, are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> you got me. Wait, that was good. That was good. You got me. Though. Yeah, Mookie Betts at the the ripe age of eight in the background of the bowling alley. Okay, crazier stuff has happened. Uh, there's two more guys in this list. Uh, we you, you spoke about big bats, Josh Bell, because he was Bell. a big name that uh, was big at the trade deadline this year. Ended up going to the Padres in that massive Soto deal, and now finds himself on the open market. Um, Where's he going to play next year? I got him playing for the Astros. Oh. Unfortunately. I, I think Josh Bell's a great hitter, too. He he fizzled out a little bit last year after getting traded. But but historically, I, what was it, two or three years ago, he, he had a monster season. So what do you have Josh Bell in the market for? What is he going to get, a 50 mil? I have him going three for 50. And do you think, think he's like their DH? Uh, I, I would suppose so with – Gurriel's still there. He's 40 years old, but he's a very good defender. Yeah. I, I like don't a know. a Mancini-type role, because I don't think I, – I, we want to get deep into a list. I got Mancini going back to the Orioles, but you put Bell in the Mancini role, and the team's better. 
Now, so that's you mentioned the Orioles, and actually, I was going to bring them up to just kind of close this out a bit, but um, we do have another name to get into. But now we have the Orioles. They're a team that sees himself as in the AL East, where let's just say theoretically, Bogarts leaves, doesn't come back to the the Red Sox. Judge leaves, doesn't come back to the Yankees. Do you think the Orioles can have be a dark horse to win the AL East next year and sign someone like from this class? I don't know if uh, I don't know about winning the AL East. I mean, obviously if, that's more outside, but do you think they could they can put themselves in that mind state where it's like, hey, here's our window just opened a little sooner than we thought. This is uh, the, the Orioles this year, this off season, are what the Blue Jays were a couple years ago when all their kids started coming up: Bo, Vlad, Guriel, uh, when BGO even at that time. But when when they accelerated the process of rebuilding and realized they have a lot of studs, young studs. They went and they spent money, they made trades, they were trying to get better. And I think that's where the Orioles are, where they have to evaluate and decide if they want to go and spend money on a shortstop, spend money on pitching. Their bullpen was phenomenal last year. I think they had one of the best bullpens in the league. But I, I would compare them to the Blue Jays. They that's, that's another thing that could really change things. If they decide they want to spend money like the Blue Jays did, then watch out because that's another another decent market team ready to spend money on these guys. And again, something else that hinges all on Aaron Judge's move. Um, and I guess to close this out, the last guy on this list that I think is most directly tied to Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo. Um, for Yankee fans, I think I speak for a majority of Yankee fans when I can say that, like, we love this guy. Like, every like his, his, his relationship with Judge – the way he plays, lefty, just his attitude literally checks every box for a Yankee. Uh, it would be a people. I th- I feel like people if forget Aaron Judge, but if if Aaron Judge and Rizzo left this offseason, that would be like turning the knife a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Rizzo does some things that you can't even put a price tag on. I mean, just one of the smartest players, one of the best gloves I've ever seen, especially with with the shift going bye bye. I mean, Jesus, I mean, he's gonna be yes. Yeah. Uh, now. I guess I haven't really even thought of many other teams because, quite frankly, I think Judge and Rizzo are going to come back to the Yankees. But, I mean, if, I, let's just say he doesn't go let's, – let's just say that doesn't happen. Where does Rizzo go? I do have Rizzo going back to the Yankees, two for 38. But I think the next pivot for him, if – and I don't even know if it's as, as Judge-reliant as you think. I think it's the Padres. I think he goes – I think San Diego drafted him. I think he goes back to the Padres. They lose Bell. They they plug in Rizzo and a good lefty bat in that big lineup. If he was not to be on the Yankees, I think he'd be a Padre. Interesting. So a lot of this. So what I'm well, here. Well, well, give me, give me, give me the price tag on Rizzo there. I got two for thirty eight. That okay. I based that off the. Uh, I gave him the one year qualifying offer at, at about nineteen. So give him the two for. Almost twenty a year. He might even take a discount there to go to get that second year. Potentially, maybe. Yeah. I also, I mean, I just think they're him and you just see him and Judge are like they're like boys. So I just feel like it would be really tough to see Rizzo Judge come back and Rizzo go somewhere else. I don't know. I just feel oh, like. Man, what, what am I going to do with all my my uh, Gallo and Rizzo Italian merch? Oh. um... <laughs> Joey Gallo is a Houston Astro, by the way. Wow. <laughs> oh and, and you know what? 
he's going to hit 40 home runs and hit 240. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned the biggest name, and I'm just this is this is very funny because like I had like a couple tabs open here, and I just randomly scrolled down because I was looking to see what their prediction was for Rizzo. Billy Lane? <laughs> the, no, it is no. This says <laughs> Andrew Heaney going to the Mets. Make Yankee him a legend. Astro. Make Yankee him a legend. If they if you, no, I I love Heen Dog to the Astros because they seem to make everybody they turn they have turned to gold. So. Heen Dog's going to win a Cy Young in Houston. I'm looking at this list. Like, there's guys here that are uh, pretty good ball players that are, like, down this list, like, 40-30. Like, Jose Abreu, uh, uh, Mitch Hanninger, another one, yeah. Syndergaard. A lot of people think Abreu's going to the Cubs. I, the, the Cubs is, like, they're they're another interesting team that could hop in on this free this uh, shortstop market. I think they could be in play for Correa, Bogart, Swanson, Turner, any of them. J.D. Martinez, Kenley Jansen. I think Kenley Jansen goes back to the Dodgers. I'm just, I'm honestly just scrolling right now, but yeah, I spent I spent hours looking at all these <laughs> names, and I have a whole list that I could just start rattling off teams I picked. But hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, that was really fun to listen to. Uh, our friend Matt, who already is pretty much one for one in my book with the Rizzo signing, uh, we'll be back later this week for around the league. Huge Jets and huge Giant games this weekend that uh, we're definitely going to be up for, uh, as well as any other baseball news we might find. So, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, As always, remember to interact with all of our stuff on social media. And as always, have a good one, everyone. Peace.